Welcome aboard to a week 11 edition of State Lines as the NFL season just chugs along almost to the Thanksgiving holiday. Hard to believe. Weather getting cold, but the football is heating up. I'm Jason Gotch back alongside Kevin Berger this week. Of course, John Spataro sitting in last week. And John wanted me to remind the audience that he went 3-0 and with his best bets last week and 5-0 and uh, was inside plays. So John Spataro sat in for a week. He was on fire. Kevin Berger back in this week. And I actually had another good week with my best bets going 3-0. and I had the Saints plus three. Uh, they covered that number. I also had the Cowboys minus eight, an easy winner over the Falcons. And then the Panthers plus 10.5, an outright winner at the Arizona Cardinals. So Jason Gotch on fire last week with the best bets. Now 23 and 13 with my best bets. That's over 64% winners. So if you're betting with Jason Gotch so far this season, you are ringing that cash register, getting some money in your pocket. And Kevin and I hope to keep rolling with some good picks for the best bets this week. Before we get into all the NFL games coming up, we got a big slate in college involving the local teams as well. Special game at Wrigley Field involving my Northwestern Wildcats we'll talk about a little bit later on. We're going to have uh, all the NFL games covered for you, best bets, all that fun stuff. Kevin, you were away last week because you were on vacation in Southern California. And you I got was. to see, yeah, and you got to see SoFi Stadium with the Rams and Titans earlier this month. So the Bears are talking about a new stadium. Maybe it'll happen in suburban Arlington Heights. Maybe it'll happen somewhere else. But I kind of want to give you the floor here just to let us know uh, what you liked about SoFi, what the Bears could learn from looking at that stadium, because supposedly Virginia McCaskey looked at it when it was built and said, we need something like this in Chicago. So uh, what did you think of the facility? What did you think of the atmosphere? Well, Jason, first and foremost, um, SoFi is not just a stadium. That is a that is a testament to modern human engineering. And it, it and when I say that, it's because I still cannot wrap my mind around how big that place is because everyone says it it's a dome. It is not. Yes, it is covered, but the sides of it are open. So you still get like that fresh air, the fresh breeze and stuff. Okay, when I say fresh air, I mean the fresh air as fresh as it can be with the smog that always blankets LA. So, I mean, there is that. But um, that point, uh, complaints aside about that, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, With the stadium being so huge, Jason, there was, I think when my cousin and I, because we parked probably about a mile yeah, just over a mile away because we found a really good uh, price on spot here for like 20 bucks in a covered parking garage. So that's where we went and parked. Walked about a mile. Um, when we got closer to the stadium, uh, the, the parking facilities are huge. But uh, there were about five or six different gates just on our side. You know, it had a, quite a bit of people, but the security was quick. It was efficient. It was organized. So everyone was getting through. Um, everyone would, you know, they had their masks on. You did have to have, you know, your vaccine card out. But again, everybody was perfectly polite. Everybody was reasonable. So, th- so that was good. Um, as we got into the stadium, it just became more and more clear how massive of a place it is. Because we probably got there a good two, two and a half hours before kickoff. And I mean, it probably took us about a half hour to walk around the whole place. Um, the, the, there's nowhere in that stadium. That is a bad seat, Jason. When I say it, when when I say that, I mean the way it's constructed is no matter where you are in the stadium, you can see what is going on. This was a purpose-built football stadium that no matter how high up you are, you're still you're looking down on the field. You can see all the action. That's awesome. Um, on top of that, it was really cool because uh, that Sunday night game, Isaac Bruce was getting his Hall of Fame ring. Um, so one of the first 25,000 people, we, you could get, uh, you got a free Rams rally towel. So I got a free souvenir out of it. So that was cool. Um, concessions for fans, the concessions were phenomenal. Jason, anything that you needed was within a two minute walk of where your seat was. There was where we were in the 400 section. Um, there was three three concession stands within a two minute walk it, right up the center to the right or to the left. There was three bars 
that again to the right to the center to the left there was then you know there was littler stuff that had like you know little souvenirs cotton candy just a couple beers like in cans and stuff like that if you wanted to go if you didn't want to go through the rest of the lines but everything it was efficient the way they were taking people's cards because it was it was card only which yeah you know that that sucks a little but um they had the they had the people that were taking the cards and the orders positioned away from where the food was being made so that way you wouldn't have the people that are standing there like trying to get their orders taken while bothering the people that are making the food everything was efficient it was organized it was clean and actually, Jason, I'm not going to lie. The prices at SoFi Stadium for uh, for food and drink was actually pretty reasonable. In fact, I think I actually paid less for uh, Cap- for uh, Captain Morgan and uh, Coke, Captain and Coke than I did for a vodka cranberry down at Soldier Field. I think it was actually 15 down at Soldier Field. At SoFi, it was 12. So um, they have something there. And as far as what the Bears should learn, the Bears need to do something like this, Jason. Although, if, although if we're being honest here, they need to have it as a retractable roof. I think Arlington Heights retractable stadium. You need to have everything up to date, clean, efficiency, 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 efficiency. That is what needs to happen because going to Bears games. I'm sure you've been to your fair share of Bears games over the course of your life, Jason. It, it is barely organized chaos when i was at the game against the lions this year i missed almost the entire third quarter weighing in line to get two hot dogs and a popcorn so uh they need to figure that out everything needs to be up to date and modern and build it as a football stadium do not build it as a multi-purpose thing oh we can have soccer here oh we can have concerts here oh we can have a frozen four we can have a final four build it as a football stadium and then let everything else take care of itself. Cause that is why you were going to build it. Oh. And also if you're me, uh, build a sports book in it too, because uh, then you just get additional revenue that way and offer tours of the stadium. SoFi is offering tours of the stadium where you can just walk around and a guided tour throughout the whole place to see the whole place. So yeah, do that. <laughs> well, I like your thoughts, Kevin. I, I do think, look, Soldier Field, as you said, I've been to tons of games there as a fan, as a member of the media, regardless of why you're going. It's the worst uh, football stadium in the NFL. There's nothing even close to that. Uh, it's a small capacity. The concession area is terrible. It's hard to get in and out. It's a bad location when you think about the access points on Lakeshore Drive. So, yes, I, I endorse wholly the Bears getting a new stadium with you 100%. Uh, the question is, Stan Kroenke built that thing alone with his $5 billion of Walmart money that he's got and investing money from being in the real estate business. I don't know if the Bears can go as big as SoFi, but they certainly can get themselves a nice new stadium. And he definitely, I, I think the most important thing you said there with a lot of good points was there's not a bad seat in the house. And that, that, there's a lot of bad seats at Soldier Field. So from a fan's perspective, to get a stadium where you're going to get a good seat every single spot you want to sit in that stadium – uh, that's so important. And I, I really think the Bears, you know, just thinking, reading the tea leaves, uh, I think they know this is a once in a, you know, a generation opportunity to get some land where they can build what they want. We'll see if they do it. I sure hope they do. But let's get to the game this week here on State Lines. The Bears will be back in action against the Ravens at Soldier Field, plus five, uh, minus 175. Uh, actually, now my uh, plus 180 on the money line for the Bears. The Ravens come back minus 220. The total in this game, Kev. 45, noon kickoff. Ravens had a disappointing loss a week ago Thursday when they played at the Dolphins while the Bears are coming off the bye. Your thoughts on this one? Well, Jason, that that actually scares me because in case, um, for those of you who don't know, Matt Nagy, since he took over with the Bears, the Bears have lost every single game coming out of the bye. They are 0-4 for his, or sorry, 0-3 now. Excuse me, we're not predicting the future yet. They are 0-3 and and under Matt Nagy's tenure coming out of the bye week, um, which in it in of itself is absolutely inexcusable. The Bears did not look that good against Pittsburgh. It was a tale of two halves. Their defense was actually, I didn't think, was too bad. In the first half, their offense didn't show up. The second half, the offense showed up, and the defense couldn't do a damn thing. Now, granted, yes, were there a lot of missed calls Yes, but that's a whole other can of worms that we're not getting into because that's not what our job is. But um, 
I don't have much confidence in this team, Jason, at this point. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have much confidence in this team. The Matt Nagy is, is scraping and clawing and finding, trying to find some way to win a football game. Cause I think he knows the writing's on the wall. If, if the bears can't turn, if he can't turn this around, he's not going to have a job anymore. Uh, people saying, Oh, Justin Fields. Well, he's going to be around for development. And Justin Fields. No, he's not because what happened with Pittsburgh was flat out embarrassing. They got completely outplayed despite the, the lack of calls or bad calls. The bears were not dis- They don't look disciplined. They don't look prepared and they don't, and they don't look like they want to play football right now, especially on the defensive side of the football. They better come out ready to play against Lamar Jackson. Cause if they don't, then uh, this Baltimore Ravens team is going to run all over them. So if I'm looking at this game, I'm taking uh, the Ravens minus five at minus five. Yeah, I'm with you, Kev. I'd love to pick the Bears here, but I think the Ravens are going to be focused coming off that loss against the Dolphins. They got a little extra time to prepare as the Bears did as well with the bye, the Ravens, the Thursday night or a week ago. Give me the Ravens minus the five. Let's move quickly here to a bet it or drink it to end this segment. Bears quarterback Justin Fields over under 214 and a half passing yards against the Ravens. What do you think here on this one, Kevin? Over, under, are you going to drink this one and save that money? Um, Jason, I am going to drink this one. I Again, it's not that I don't have confidence in Justin Fields as I don't have confidence in everything else that's going on around him. Because Allen Robinson has all but disappeared this season. He does not get the football thrown to him. Their tight ends aren't doing a damn thing in the, in the passing game. Honestly, really, the only person who is is Darnell Mooney because that seems to be the only person that Justin Fields has confidence in to throw, to throw the ball to all the time. And that's when he actually has time to throw the football in the first place. So I'm going to go ahead. I will keep this in the beer fund. All right. I am going to go under. The Ravens don't have a very good defense, but I think they're going to shut down Fields and the Bears on Sunday. When we come back here on State Lines, he's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. More NFL games to discuss. We'll start off the segment with a good old-fashioned NFC North showdown. Back with more after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports betting talk right after this on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you back on State Lines, getting you set for the week that will be in the National Football League. And let's start off this segment with Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch with a good old-fashioned NFC North showdown. These two teams have battled for generations, going all the way back to the early 1960s when the Minnesota Vikings started in the NFL, played in Old Metropolitan Stadium. And this week, they will be hosting... Their arch rival, the Green Bay Packers, noon kickoff up in Lambos or up in uh, Minnesota Central Time. Kevin, the Vikings are getting one and a half here. They're plus one hundred on the money line. The Packers are minus one twenty. The total in this game is forty eight. Packers and Aaron Rodgers shut out the Seahawks last week at Lambeau. How do you think this one plays out? Well, Jason, honestly, I I'm inclined to take uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and the exact reason why is because it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Again, Aaron Rodgers going against Kirk Cousins. I will take Aaron Rodgers a hundred times out of a hundred. 
Um, the Vikings, I know they have played a lot better. They looked pretty decent last week, and most of their games that they have lost have been extremely close games, so they've been competitive in almost every game they've played. But it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, so I will take um, I will take the Packers on the spread, minus one and a half. All right, Kevin locked in with the Packers, minus one and a half. I go the other way here. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think they're a play-on team right now. Kevin alluded to this, that they have lost a lot of close games this year. They historically play the Packers and Rodgers tough up in Minnesota, and even also at Lambeau Field. A little bit of a look-ahead spot here for Green Bay. They got the Rams at home next week. So I'm going to roll the dice here with Kirk Cousins and company and say they get it done at least to cover on their own field. I think this will be a close game. Not going to take the money line. Give me the one and a half and the Vikings. Sticking with an NFC North team, we'll have covered all of them after this game because we had the Bears in segment number one. Then we just had the Vikings and the Packers. Now we've got the Lions. They could go winless, but they won't go 0-17 because they had that tie against the Steelers last week. Boy, I watched the end of that game. Ugly football on both sides. But, hey, if you're the Lions and you strip Pittsburgh in the closing seconds to get a tie – That's like a win for Dan Campbell's team. This week, it doesn't get much easier for the Lions. They're on the road at the Cleveland Browns. The Lions in this game are getting 11 points. They're plus 375 on the money line. Browns come back minus 510 on the money line. Noon kickoff in Cleveland. And the total on this one, Kevin, is 43 and a half. First of all, Jason, real quick, don't even get me started on the fact that there's still ties in NFL football. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. A football game should not end in a tie. I don't care what anybody says. Um, anyway, uh, Jason, I honest, I actually think the Lions could actually seriously pull this one out because Odell Beckham is gone. Baker Mayfield is hurt again. To nobody's shock, he's hurt again. Um So, ironically enough, I am going to take the Detroit Lions in this one. They are due. They've been playing better. And let me take Detroit on this one, Jason. And let me take plus 375 on the money line straight up because I uh, those odds are looking pretty damn good right about now if the Lions can go into Cleveland and actually pull this game out. All right, Kevin is on the Lions. I'll tell you who I'm on in a second. But I, I look, I know 99.9% of the listening public and probably the general public agree with Kevin on the ties. I'm one of the few people in America who's fine with the tie. Look at it this way. I say, look, if you're not good enough to win the game after 70 minutes, then you're probably not supposed to win. So let the thing end in a tie. And I've got a lifelong friend. We always follow the NFL, as I know most of the listeners obviously do, if you're listening to this program every Sunday very closely. And when you get to five minutes to go in the, in the overtime in one of these games, we always text each other, tie alert, because we're cheering for the goofy tie, which happened, uh, ironically, with the Lions, who, again, probably didn't deserve to win last week. But I know I'm in the minority on that opinion, but I'm going to ride with it forever. However, in this game, I'm going to go ahead and I am going to take the Cleveland Browns. I Look, I watched the Lions against the Steelers last week. They are so bad in that game. They barely got that tie. They needed help at the end to do it and got that turnover. But I think the Browns, after that blowout, Browns are an interesting team because they they blew out Cincinnati two weeks ago. Then last week they go to New England and they get blown out. If they want to stay in that race in the AFC North, the Browns need this game, and I think they're going to come out focused. So I'm going to take the Browns minus the 11. Kev, let's go ahead on state lines and jump ahead to the Chiefs and the Cowboys. This is a 325 kickoff at Arrowhead Stadium. Should be a fun game to watch. Uh, the Chiefs are minus two and a half. Uh, they're minus 140 on the money line. The Cowboys come back plus 120. High total here, 56 and a half. Again, 325 kickoff at Arrowhead. One of the marquee games of the week. Yeah, Jason. Um, th- I think this. Uh, I think this game looked a heck of a lot more competitive before the season started with the way that these two teams have both played respectively, or maybe thinking about a completely different result. But I am actually partial to taking the Cowboys in this one, Jason, because the Chiefs, especially on the defensive side of the football, have given me no indication that they are going to be able to slow down Dallas. Dak Prescott has been playing great. Ezekiel Elliott has been doing well. Amari Cooper has been doing very well. CeeDee Lamb has emerged as as one, I'd say, one of um, the best young receivers in the NFL right now. So I'm going ahead. I want to, I'm going to roll with the Cowboys on this one, plus two, minus 105. 
Make that two of us. I'm going to do the Cowboys as well. I'm going to pick them plus the points in this game. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a nice win at the Raiders last week, but I think the Raiders are overrated. And the Cowboys, if you take away that game against Denver this year, they have done outstanding with Mike McCarthy as head coach. And that surprised me a little bit because I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan. But Dallas has put it together this year. I think they're the better team in this game, and they're getting points. I think the Chiefs are favored because they're at home and also a reputation play with Patrick Mahomes, who's still a great quarterback, but not having the same year he had in recent years in the NFL. So go ahead and give me the Cowboys in this contest. One of the other late games here on the card, Kevin, 3.05 Central Time. Uh, the Bengals, who got off to that good start, but they've stumbled in recent games. They had a bye last week. They are at the Raiders uh, the Bengals are minus one here, uh, minus 110 both ways on the money line. Actually, the Bengals on the spread are minus 105, minus one, and the Raiders are plus one, minus 115. Higher total in this one as well, 50.5. Burrow against Derek Carr. How do you see it shaking out? Let me take Joe Burrow in this one, Jason. I mean, basically, since the Bengals have lost that game against the Bears, Jason, they have looked probably is one of the best teams in the league the last five, six weeks with how they've been playing and how consistently they've been playing. Joe Burrow has done fantastic. Joe Mixon, I mean, we know how good Joe Mixon is in the backfield. Jamar Chase is, I'd say he's probably the front runner right now to win rookie of the year if you're not, if you take all the quarterbacks out of the equation. Um, so let me take the Bengals in this one minus one because as you, I agree with you, Jason, I don't think the Raiders are all that great. And uh, I think the Bengals are a lot better than them. So let me take Cincy. I actually think the Bengals are the better team here too, but I like the spot better for the Raiders because the Bengals have the arch rival Steelers on deck next week at Paul Brown Stadium. So I'm going to say the Raiders bounce back from that ugly loss to the Chiefs and they win this game outright. But I will go ahead and take the point just to be safe. So it can be the Raiders plus the one. The Jaguars, Kev, who actually won a couple of games under Urban, Urban Meyer after a really a rocky start to his tenure down there in Jacksonville. They get the 49ers this week. The Jaguars are on this one at last check. The Jaguars are plus six. Let's make sure that is actually still the line in this contest. Actually, now they're plus six and a half and plus 230 on the money line. The Niners are minus 290 on the money line. This is a noon kickoff uh, in central time down in Jacksonville. And the total on this game is 45. Urban Meyer and the boys pull a stunner, or does Jimmy Garoppolo walk away with a cover? Well, Jason, I definitely think the Jimmy G and the guys are going to be able to cover this one. Um, I, I know the big argument is that West Coast team going to East Coast. I know East to West, that, that always that messes with people. But I think the Niners are going to have this one in, in the bag. Again, it's Jacksonville. They're not that good. So let me take the Niners minus six and a half on the cover for this one. All right, Kevin is on the Niners. I'm on the Jaguars. I think this is a letdown spot for San Francisco after they beat the Rams in the marquee night game last week. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Jaguars. I don't think they win this game, but I think they're going to cover that six and a half. So give me the Jaguars. Let's do a couple better drinkets here on state lines before we get to some college football. Bears running back David Montgomery, Kevin, over under 55 yards on the ground against the Ravens. Um, I am going to say over on this one, Jason. I think because they're going to have to give the, the ball to David Montgomery a lot. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to he'll be able to you know bust a big run and uh, give us all our money. Yeah, I like that one too. I'm going to join you and go with the over for Montgomery, 55 and a half rushing yards. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence longest rush against the Niners over under nine and a half yards. Um, I'm going to go ahead and drink this one, Jason. I I be honest, I don't really pay attention to how many yards Trevor Lawrence has been averaging on the ground this year. So uh, at risk of sounding ignorant, I'm just going to go ahead and drink this one and keep my money. All right, Kevin, going to have money at the bar this week. I don't know if I will because I'm going to bet the over on Trevor Lawrence going over nine and a half yards on the ground against the Niners. We come back, college football, more NFL. We still got the toilet bowl game of the week, and oh, it's a bad one. And then we got more preview of NFL games plus our best bets. All on state lines coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines.
Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you back to State Lines. Always great to have everyone aboard. And let me be one of the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Turkey Day is right around the corner. Hope your feast and family fun is the best yet this year. Let's get a look at some more football right now. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch from the Gambler's Perspective. And also, just the general overall football perspective. And we will start it off by talking about college football involving some of the local teams of this week. The Illini, still a chance here, Kev, to become bowl eligible. They're four and six. They've had some nice road victories in recent weeks at Penn State, at Minnesota. They're coming off a bye. They're in Iowa this week. Illinois getting 11 and a half here, plus 350 on the money line. Iowa is minus 480. 1 p.m. Central Time kickoff at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. 37 and a half is the total in this game. Of course, Illinois coach Brett Bielma expected to miss the contest because he has tested positive for COVID. Assistant head coach, receivers coach George McDonald will fill in. How do you see this shaking out as Illinois at four and six wants a win to try and still become bowl eligible? Well, Jason, I would love to see them become bowl eligible because, you know, we, we like to see we like to see U of I do well. We like to see them do well. And actually, that's actually pretty decent odds on the money line with plus 350. It's actually a pretty good return. But with that being said, uh, going to Iowa on the road at this point in the season, Jason, I don't think um, I don't think it's going to be that close of a game. If I had to do anything on this at all, I'll take the under on this one. I'll go under 37 and a half. I don't think U of I is going to be able to do enough to keep to cover this one or else I'd take them. But uh, that's what I'll. That's what I'm going to say. Is I'll take the under. All right, Kev, locked in on the under for Illinois and Iowa of 37 and a half. I'm going to go with the Illini here. Look, Bielmog not being able to go up against his alma mater. He played for Iowa in the 1990s, out with COVID. But Illinois is a play on team right now. This will be a low scoring contest. Give me the 11 and a half points and Illinois. Kev, a game I know you really are focused on because you're a Notre Dame fan, and also you're going to be at this one in South Bend. Saturday, 1.30 Central Time, Notre Dame is going to be hosting Georgia Tech. Total in this game is 59.5. Notre Dame is minus 17, minus 8.50 on the money line. Georgia Tech comes back at plus 5.75. Irish still with an outside chance to make it in the college football playoff. They'll need a lot of help to get there, but they only have one loss. However, they don't win this game. They can kiss those hopes goodbye. Shake this one out for us. Well, Jason, I, uh, I, I think Notre Dame should win. I hope they win. Um, because obviously, number one, I'm a Notre Dame fan. And number two, I just don't see them losing to Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech record-wise has not had that great of a season. But with that being said, Jason, as I've said this whole season, this Notre Dame team is not fantastic. Now, they've gotten better in the last several weeks. I think Virginia, their last game against Virginia, was probably one of their most complete games that they've played up to this point in the season. Um, but this Georgia Tech team, they've kept a lot of games close. They they barely, I mean, they they beat Duke. They kept Pittsburgh close for three quarters of the game before then they got routed 52 to 21. They barely lost to Clemson. They barely they barely lost to Virginia by one score, lost to Virginia Tech by one score. They lost to Miami by three. So it's not like they're losing to chump teams. But with that being said, I think Notre Dame w- shall win this game. In terms of what to do on the gambler's perspective, 
I don't think there's going to be 60 points put up in this game, Jason. So I would take the under. And you know what? Maybe by some any given Saturday, something happens. Plus 575 on the on the money line actually looks pretty good if you actually have confidence that this could be a letdown game for, for uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm going to go here on the points here with Georgia Tech. I agree. This is somewhat of a letdown spot for the Irish. I think they're going to win. I just don't think they're going to cover the 17. So give me the Yellow Jackets plus 17 in South Bend on Saturday. Let's move on to a game that not necessarily a marquee matchup. Both these teams not having great seasons, especially Northwestern having a down year. But the venue is a marquee spot to play. Wrigley Field will be hosting a college football game on Saturday. Early kickoff, 11 a.m. Central Time. Northwestern, the home team here against Purdue. Wildcats getting 11 and a half, plus 390 on the money line. Purdue is minus 550 in this game. Again, the total 48 and a half. Been a rough year for that Northwestern offense, Kevin. We've been talking about that the entire year. Boilers had, uh, you know, the nice upset early in the year. So let's see how this one plays out. Well, um, Jason, I mean, number one, is this going to have to be the situation that they had several years ago when Northwestern played U of I at Wrigley where where both teams can only go in one direction because Wrigley Field's not big enough? No, no. With the reconstruction of Wrigley Field, they specifically extended the grandstand so they can put the full 10-yard end zone both ways. So both teams will not be going towards the uh, right field bleachers and Sheffield Avenue like they did in a game I attended with my dad when that thing happened against Illinois and Northwestern (laughs) years and years ago. It was one of the goofiest things you're ever going to see in a football game. But good news, Cap, they're actually going to play regulation end zones on both sides this time. Oh, Oh, thank God. Well, we got that going for us. Unfortunately, Jason and other Northwestern fans, I don't see them being able to pull this game out because, again, their offense has been terrible this entire season. They haven't been able to get anything going. Their defense hasn't been as good as it normally has been. And uh, Purdue has been no joke this season, everyone. They have been no joke this season. They've knocked off two really, really tough teams this season in Michigan State. And, um, and I mean, they, they kept Ohio State close for a long time as well. And, of course, they beat Iowa in Iowa at the time when Iowa was ranked number two in the country. Michigan State was ranked number two in the country. So let me take um, – I will take Northwestern to keep this game close. So I would take them to cover this one to keep it within the 11 and a half points. But uh, in terms of who's going to win, I'm definitely on the Boilermakers this week. Yeah, I echo those sentiments, Kev. I agree with you 100%. I think Purdue's going to win this game, but I do think Northwestern's going to find a way to cover it at home. But you're right. Uh, Purdue's had a, a sneaky good season with those wins over Iowa and Iowa City and then beating Michigan State a few weeks ago when the Spartans were number uh, were unbeaten at the time. I think they were ranked seventh when that game was played. So. They are ranked second. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They were. I beg your pardon. Yep, they were ranked. That's right. Michigan State was way up there in the rankings, and Purdue knocked them off at home. So uh, Jeff Brom's doing a good job with that program, and I do think they will win, but I believe Northwestern will cover the 11.5. Go Cats, go. Cover and win us some money. Let's go ahead now and take a look at some more NFL games for Week 11, Kevin, and we will start it with the Colts and the Bills. AFC battle. And this one is in Buffalo between these two teams. Of course, the Bills have had some surprising losses this year. Overall, though, they're still one of the forces in the AFC. And this week, Buffalo is minus 7, minus 320 against the visiting Colts. Total in this game is 50.5. Colts come back plus 250 on the money line. Noon kickoff in Buffalo. Well, um, Jason, I think that this game is going to be close. I would take the Colts to win or uh, to, uh, sorry, not to win, to cover this one plus 105. I don't think they're going to win the Bills. It's cold. It's at home. You know, it's going to be in upstate New York. And, uh, you know, Bills Mafia always shows up for uh, th- for these types of games late in the season. So um, in terms of the points, I will take the Colts plus seven. But um, in terms of the who's going to win this game, my, my, my money would be on Buffalo. Yeah, I think Buffalo wins. I concur here. I think the Colts find a way to cover. Carson Wentz has played better football for the most part as the season has gone on. So give me the Indianapolis Colts plus the seven points. The Tennessee Titans, one of the favorites in the AFC this year. You got to see them play at SoFi Stadium against the Rams and play very good football, Kevin, in person. You got to see that game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, They are minus 10 this week, the Titans, on their own field. 
taking on the lowly Houston Texans. The total in this game is 44 and a half, noon kickoff in Nashville. Titans are minus 450 on the money line. The Texans come back plus 340. How do you see this one playing out? Well, Jason, kind of similar to what I said about the other one. I think Houston will be able to keep this game close for whatever reason. It seems like a lot of AFC South games always end up being close for whatever reason. Can never figure out why, but they are. Um, and again, without Derrick Henry, this this Titans offense is a lot different without Derrick Henry. I know Adrian Peterson has actually stepped in and done a pretty reasonable job with you know being out of the league at all for being a free agent for the for the first eight weeks of the season, but um. I would take the, the Texans plus 10 just because I can think they can keep this game close and find a way to cover it. But I don't see them having any ch- any chance to win this football game. Yeah, the Texans beat the Jaguars week number one. They have not won since. They have lost eight in a row. The Titans are eight and two. They've won six in a row. The Titans, though, in a little bit of a look ahead here with the Patriots on deck. I know it's not the Tom Brady-led Patriots, but New England is still six and four this season, and they're – Uh, If they keep playing the way they have been so far, they're going to make the playoffs, especially with that third team now as a wild card in each conference. So uh, let me say the Texans keep this one close in the look-ahead spot. And, yeah, these AFC South games tend to be a lot closer than they probably should be, the divisional rivals meeting. I'll take the Texans plus the 10. The Panthers and the Washington football team meeting down in Charlotte. And these are two interesting teams coming into this game because – been a down year for the Washington football team, but somehow they beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in Virginia last week. And the Carolina Panthers had one of the more stunning wins of the season. Now, I'm going to brag about this one because, again, they were plus 10.5 last week. They won outright. I had them as one of my best bets, plus the 10.5. They won outright in Arizona, handing the Cardinals only their second loss of the year. But you look at the Panthers coming in this one, noon central time kickoff. They're minus three in this game. The total's 43. Uh, the Panthers minus 160. The Washington football team is plus 140. Cam Newton making a, a somewhat of an impact with some situational plays uh, running the football in that win in Arizona. But two teams off uh, arguably their biggest wins of the year last week. Now they meet in Charlotte for this week's card. Jason, how smug do you think Cam Newton was walking into the Carolina Panthers facility and signing that contract for the remainder of the season? That's just Cam being Cam, Kev. We've seen it over the years. Yeah, oh, no, exactly. And you know what? I'm happy for the guy. Now, back to the matter at hand. Um, with that, with with this, looking at this game, Jason, I can't quite figure it out because, I mean, Washington, they played – about as well as you could have reasonably asked them to last week against Tampa Bay. Um, I don't think some of the mistakes that happened were Tom Brady's fault. He did have quite a few passes that were like deflected or just went through players' hands and they got bounced up in the air and were interceptions. But uh, with that being said, I think they're going to be riding high off of that game last week. I think they're going to be able to keep it rolling. Let me take Washington in this one plus three minus the 110. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to take the Washington football team as well. Tyler Hankey played well last week, and you look at Philip Walker also played well as the backup quarterback for the Panthers, who did most of the good work for them in that game at Arizona. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Washington football team goes in. I don't know if they win this game, but I like them getting the three. So give me Washington plus the three. Let's take a look now at the Saints and the Eagles. The Saints with... Of course, Jameis Winston out for the season playing former Northwestern quarterback Trevor Simeon, mixing him into the offense. They are plus a two this week. The Saints are actually now it's down to plus one and a half. Let's check that. The Saints are plus one and a half, plus 105 in Philadelphia against the Eagles. The total in this game is 43. Noon kickoff central time, Kevin. Eagles come back plus minus, or I'd rather minus 125 on the money line with the Saints again at plus 105. Oh boy. Um, Jason for this one, I am inclined to take the Eagles for this one because I think they've, they've been improving week after week. I know it doesn't look like it, but I, I, I personally think I've liked the way that Jay, that uh, Jalen hurts has developed. I think they have some good things going on offense and we know how different of a team new Orleans is when they're not playing at the Superdome. Jameis Winston is still out. Like you said, so let me take a Philly in this one, minus 105 at home. 
All right, Kevin is on the Eagles. I'm going to go the other way here. I think the Saints, this is a good spot for them on the road. I think they find a way to probably win this game outright, but I'll take them uh, plus the one and a half. Let's get to a couple better drinkets here before we get to our final segment with the Toilet Bowl game of the week, preview more games, and also our three best bets of the week. Better drink at Bengals running back Joe Mixon over under 65 and a half rushing yards at the Raiders. Oh, uh, Jason, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over on this one, and the reason being is uh, look how many yards the Bears managed to rack up against uh, the Raiders earlier on this season running the football. Let me take Joe. Let me take Joe Mixon in that Bengals offensive line. So I'll take the over. I'm going over as well. I'll join you, Kev. Over 65 and a half rushing yards at the Raiders for Bengals running back Joe Mixon. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr against the Bengals over under a half an interception. He throws a pick, and you bet over, you win. He doesn't throw one, and if you bet the under, you would win that way too. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will take the. I will take an, I will take the over on this one, Jason. I think he's going to be able to throw at least one. Find a way to throw an interception. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the Bengals defense will pick him at least once, maybe more. And then the 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, over under 21 and a half completions at the Jaguars. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 21 and a half completions. I will take the over on that one as well. I am going to go ahead and pass on that one. I'm not sure. So I'm going to at least have some money to pay for a couple drinks at the bar. When we come back, again, finish off the program. State Lines, he's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. That toilet bowl game of the week. Oh, you're not going to want to miss this double flusher. Back with more after this. You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome back as we continue here on State Lines to look at week 11 of the National Football League. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. It's that time of the show. I know you've been waiting for our three best bets of the week. I know that, but I, I think you're probably equally waiting for our toilet bowl game of the week. And the NFL rarely lets us down. And they're not letting us down this week because we got a good double flusher for you. The Miami Dolphins... At the New York Jets. Both these teams have had their struggles this year, though the Dolphins are coming off that surprising win last Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens in Miami. Though the Dolphins just three and seven on the year. The Jets come in at two and seven. The Jets are going to start Joe Flacco at quarterback in this game. Obviously looking towards the future with a a mid-30s Joe Flacco on the field for the Jets. The line in this one, Kevin, the Jets are getting three and a half. 44 and a half is your total. Uh, Jets plus 155. Dolphins minus 180 for this contest in New Jersey that's going to have America locked in on their TV screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, God, Jason. I, I have no idea. I don't know, honestly, how I feel about about either of these teams because I definitely think two is not the answer in Miami. I think they're bad. And, I mean, we all know the Jets are terrible. But for whatever reason, Jason, why do I get this inclination? I think Joe Flacco is actually going to have a really good game. For whatever reason, I have that inclination that he's going to show up and actually play pretty well. So I kind of really am looking at the plus one fifty-five on the money line. But you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go against that. Let me just take the plus three and a half for the Jets on the spread. 
Yeah, I think this is a letdown for the Dolphins. They had their Super Bowl-type game earlier this uh, season, just last week when they surprisingly beat the Ravens, which was rather a stunning victory, in my opinion. I didn't see that one coming. So I think the Jets here catch him, and I, I think Joe Flacco will do enough. Jets plus three and a half. Remember, a few weeks ago, the Jets surprised the Bengals, too, uh, at home. So the Jets at home are a little bit better than the Jets on the road. Jets, uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Fireman Ed. Hopefully, he'll be there cheering him on. And the Jets, I think, will cover the toilet bowl. I joined Kevin. They, they cover the three and a half. A few more games to preview here before we get to our best bets of the week. Let's start it off with the Cardinals at the Seahawks. This one, an NFC West showdown. Arizona is minus two and a half in this contest as they are actually now it's down to minus two. Arizona is minus two in this contest in Seattle. Totals 48 and a half Seahawks plus 105 on the money line, Kevin. And Arizona is minus 125, 325 kickoff central time up in Seattle. Yeah, Jason, this is going to be, this is going to be a good matchup. Uh, Russell Wilson is back. So, uh, I mean, that definitely helps out Seattle's cause with him being back and back under center. But let me take uh, let me take Arizona in this one minus two. I think they're going to be able to get back on track again. Kyler Murray has been fantastic this entire season. DeAndre Hopkins has been has been doing DeAndre Hopkins things. Give me Arizona minus two. All right, this is one Seattle. If they have any shot of making the playoffs, they got to have this one. It's the long shot at best. So I'm going to take the Seahawks at home. I think Russell Wilson and company are going to click, and I'll take them plus the two. Sunday nighter. In SoFi Stadium. Talked a lot about that on this program. This time, though, it's the Chargers playing on their own field. Of course, they are Stan Kroenke and the Rams' tenants there. And they are going to be hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chargers, a minus five and a half in this game. Totals 47. Chargers minus 255 on the money line, Kevin. Steelers return plus 205. Oh, dear. Um, Let me take... um, Oh, God. You know what, Jason? I will take the Chargers in this one, minus five and a half. Again, I think Pittsburgh will be able to cover this one, though. So I think that they this game will be close because for whatever reason, I just feel like that they're gonna they're gonna be able to come out and be pretty competitive in this game. But let me take the Chargers minus five and a half on the spread. All right, Kevin on the Chargers. I am too. I'm not impressed with Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Look, they had the one good half against the Bears. They nearly blew that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, They stumbled at home against the Lions last week. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, of course, did miss that game because even though he was fully vaccinated, he did test positive for COVID. Overall, though, I'm just not on the Steelers this season. I think the Chargers are a play-on team with Justin Herbert at quarterback. So give me the Chargers minus the five and a half. The Monday nighter, Kevin, uh, 7.15 Central time. This one featuring the Buccaneers at home, minus 11 against the Giants. Total here, 49 and a half. Bucks minus 510 on the money line. Giants plus 375. Buccaneers looking to make a statement after that surprising loss at the Washington football team last week. Yeah, Jason, I feel bad for the New York Giants because they don't have Eli Manning at quarterback. So you know what that means? That means Tom Brady is going to roll right over them. I, I feel awful for New York in this one. I think Tom Brady's probably even more pissed at his receivers due to how many drops they had in that game and how many penalties they had. But uh, I really don't like anything in this game because I think that that spread is way too high. So I'm going to guess I'll take the under on this one just because I don't see there being 50 points total in this football game. All right, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here, minus the 11. It is a big spread. Normally, I hate those types of spreads, but I I just think this one is where the Buccaneers look to make a statement again. The Giants are not very good. They've had a few moments this season when they won that game at the Saints. They nearly beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, though. The Chiefs aren't the same team uh, that we saw early, rather last year and the last couple of years. So give me the Buccaneers, minus the 11. And it is that time now in state lines that you've all been waiting for our best bets against the spread. Kevin, we always defer to you here to give the first pick, one of your three best bets. So the floor is yours. Go for it. All right, Jason. So best bet number one for me is going to be 305 kickoff time. That is going to be Joe Burrow and the Bengals taking on Derek Carr and the Raiders. I said my opinion earlier, and I'm going to stick by it. I firmly believe the Bengals are going to be able to come out and win this football game. So I'm going to take the Bengals minus one, minus 105 against out in, out in the desert. 
All right. Locked in is Kevin Berger with his first pick, and he's got the Bengals minus the one. I'm going to go ahead, and I am going to try and improve. I can't improve on last week's 3-0 and week with Jason Gotch's best bets. But for the season, I'm 23 and 13. So let's try and get that up to 26 and 13, basically 66% winners with another 3 and 0 week. And I'm going to start off by taking the Minnesota Vikings plus the two points at or at home against the Green Bay Packers. Again, look ahead spot here for the Packers. They got the Rams on deck next week. The Vikings play the Packers tough always, including in Minnesota. So give me Kirk Cousins and company. I'll take those two points and I'll roll with the Vikings. Yep. All right. So then number two for me, Jason, is going to be, I'm going to assume this is going to be America's game of the week. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, and I'm going to be sound consistent again. I stated my opinion earlier. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys plus two and a half minus 105 on the spread. Also, if some people do want to throw a little extra money out, do keep an eye on the money line right now. They are plus 120 on the return if it hits. But I'm taking the Cowboys on the spread plus two and a half. All right. Kevin locked in with his second best bet. Dallas Cowboys plus two and a half. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints plus the one and a half in Philadelphia. I think Trevor Simeon and company will win this game outright. Eagles off a big win in Denver last week. They played very well in that game. But I don't think they're going to be able to back it up in this one in Philadelphia. I think the Saints are the better team getting a point and a half. So, Give me New Orleans as Jason Gotch's second best bet of the week. Kevin, your final best bet of week 11. And my final best bet of the week is going to be, um, Jason, I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals minus two, minus 110 going into Seattle. I know it's a really tough place to play, and they are coming off that loss to Carolina. But I think Russell Wilson's still going to be a little bit rusty. I think Kyler Murray and the gang are going to get back on track. So let me take Arizona minus two. All right, Kevin locked in with the Cardinals minus the two in Seattle as his final best bet of the week. I'm going to close it out here. My final best bet of the week, Jason Gotch with you. The Cleveland Browns minus the 11 at home against the Lions. Look, it's a big number. I normally don't like those, but I see this one being one of those 24 to 10 23 to 3, 30 to 7 type game. So give me the Browns minus the 11 against the winless Lions. That will do it for State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. We will talk to you next week, everybody. Enjoy the Week 11 NFL action. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.